We've been talking about uh, all kinds of relationships. We've been talking about uh, creating a culture of connection. Today, I want to talk to you about, and this is really kind of a kind of a pre uh, uh, pre Father's Day message, possibly. But I want to talk to you this morning about about marriage. I just uh, I got some things I want to share with you today. And if you got your Bible or you have an app on your phone, you can turn with me to uh, Proverbs chapter number 18, and we're just going to read one verse of scripture today, and you might be sitting here this morning, you might say, well, I'm not married, and this has no application to me, or I've had a bad experience in marriage, and uh, I just really don't want to think about it, I just really don't want to talk about it, uh, but I just got some things uh, that I that I want to share with you today, and uh just some, just some things that God has specifically put on my heart. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse number 22, the Bible says this. It says, the man who finds a wife finds a treasure, and he, refa- and he rece- receives favor from the Lord. Many of you have heard me tell the story. Whenever I was 19 years old, I was dating Debbie, and... Uh, I was literally head over heels in love with her, and I was hoping that she felt the same way about me. So whenever Christmas came along, I gave her a promise ring. How many people know what a promise ring is? A promise ring is kind of like, uh, it's probably like an old school thing, or it's kind of like an engagement ring for kids. Could I say that without offending anyone? It's kind of like says, uh, one of these days I'm going to make you a promise that you are going to be my wife. And so whenever I get, when Christmas came, I gave her that promise ring, and she was so overjoyed with it, I thought, golly, I should have gave her the engagement ring because her response was exactly what I hoped it would, it would be. And so six weeks later, I asked her, I got up the courage, I asked her to be my wife, and she said, yes, yes, Bob, I will. But we have a tradition in our family, and you've got to ask my dad. And her dad was always kind of a scary kind of a fellow to me, you know. And so I said, oh, well, I love you, and so I want to ask him if I can marry you. And I can remember standing with him. Here, I'm a a 19-year-old boy. I'm standing there in the family room of their house, and I'm standing toe-to-toe with him, Mike. And I told him, I said, I'm in love with with your daughter, and I would like to marry Debbie. And... uh, he said, well, he said, let me tell you, I never forget his, the words that he said. He said, let me, let, me, let me tell you this. He said, I came from a family where my parents were divorced when I was very young. He said, I know that your parents got divorced when you were very young. And he said, I just don't want that to happen to you and Debbie. And he said, if you can promise me that uh, you will do everything you can with, 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 with all that is within you to stay married, and, uh, and I, I assured him, I, I said, listen, I, I recognize the importance of, of lasting marriage, a marriage for a lifetime, and I will make you that promise that I will do everything within my power to stay married for, for our entire life. And he said, well, he said, will you promise to love her? Will you? I felt like I was standing before the pastor. He said, will you promise to love her and to care for her and to provide for her and to protect her? And I said, yes, sir, I will love her, I will care for her, I will provide for her, and I will protect her. And he said, well, 
then you've got my blessing, and uh, you guys can get married, and I would be, I would be very happy uh, for you to be my son-in-law. And so uh, I think back, I think back upon that very that that time very often. My father-in-law has passed away, and I'm uh, I'm I'm proud of the fact that I kept my promise to love and to care for and to protect and to provide for uh, his daughter. And uh, ladies, you are you are valuable, and uh, you are priceless. And this morning, maybe you're here today and marriage isn't even on your radar or you've come out of a marriage and a bad experience with a marriage. And there, there might be even those that say, I will never, ever get married again. I tried it once and I don't, I don't want any part of it again. Uh, Debbie tells me all the time, she says, Bob, anything ever happens to you, I will never get remarried, which is either the greatest compliment or it's either the greatest cut than anyone could give to anyone else because I'm either I'm either here's what I am ladies and gentlemen I'm either either the greatest husband that ever lived or I'm the worst one okay and I don't know <laughs> I don't know which one but marriage began in the garden of Eden when God looked down and he had created Adam and he said it is not good for man to be alone and so he put Adam he caused Adam to fall into a deep sleep and he took one of the ribs from Adam, and God created Eve to be joined together with him. That is when God instituted marriage. Marriage did not come by a legislative act of a governmental body. Uh, marriage did not happen because the United States government got together and said, we need, to, we need to have a thing called marriage. No, marriage happened because God said in the garden, he created Adam and Eve, and he said, let them be joined together. And what God has joined together, let no man uh, put asunder. And they came together, and they were joined together. And the first principle in marriage is agreement. There can be no lasting marriage without agreement. And husbands and wives, we have got to come together in agreement completely, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Because there can be no agreement. And many times in our marriage, we have to compromise. Many times in our marriage, we have to adapt. Many times we have to get over ourselves, and we have to be uh, flexible. We have to come together in agreement to make decisions, and we have to come together because the Bible tells us in the book of Amos that two cannot walk together unless they be joined together and unless they be in agreement. The second principle, and I'm not going to go into a lot of the details about this, but the second principle of marriage is commitment. And God intends for marriage to be an unconditional covenant between a man and a woman for a lifetime. And I want you to notice this, that I said covenant, unconditional covenant. It's not a contract because uh, contracts can be broken. Contracts can be nullified, but rather it is a covenant between a man and a woman, and divorce should not be considered as an option unless in the case of adultery or an abusive relationship. But we have got to come together. I've noticed in a, I noticed in our culture that we've got little commitment today, that we get tired of something very easy. We get bored very quickly, and we're ready to move on. But there can be no lasting marriage unless there's first agreement, and secondly, there is a commitment, an unconditional 
covenant between that husband and wife. And the third principle, and this is really what I want to talk to you about today, that the third principle of marriage is investment. Marriage is not a 50-50 investment, but rather husband and wife come together and they give everything, 100%. All of, both of them giving together, sharing together, uh, growing together, loving together, learning together. An important investment. It's a better investment than Walmart. I was reading a statistic that said, uh, or I was reading an article that said if you would have in 1970 when Walmart went public, if you would have invested $5,000 in 1970, that today your investment would be worth $65 million. Wow, if we had only invested or our parents had only invested in Walmart in 1970. But marriage is a better investment than IBM. It's a better investment than Starbucks coffee. It's a better investment than anything that we can invest and give ourselves into because it pays rewards and dividends for a lifetime. And it is a gift of God. But we often neglect our marriage and we allow difficulty and boredom and frustration and familiarity to interfere with our marriage. And we begin to focus on the trivial. We begin to focus on things that are temporary. We begin to focus on things that really don't matter. We begin to get our attention and our eyes on stuff that is going to pass away. We begin to get our mind up on disagreements and differences of opinions and attitudes. Now, you know, whenever we're dating, uh, there are some things that we think our, our, our husband or wife, our future husband and wife does that's cute. Well, listen, after you've been married for five years, it's no longer cute. It's annoying, all right? I just love the way she just cuts her meat. And then I just love the way, I just love the way that he uh, talks with his mouth open whenever he's eating his hamburger. No, that's annoying. And we let all these things interfere with our marriage. But your marriage is more valuable than anything. It's more valuable than your possessions. Gentlemen, your marriage and your wife is more valuable than your toys. It's more valuable than you getting your way. It's more valuable than you having your own agenda. Because the Bible says this, that the man who finds a wife finds a treasure. Our Heavenly Father has created the universe through the Son, through the Word. through the Word, And because He said it, we can stand upon it. The man that finds a wife finds a treasure today. Sometimes we're waiting for the next big thing. Sometimes we're, making, we're waiting for something to make our life better. And in the process, we completely overlook the blessings of God. We completely overlook the fact that God has given us a husband, or God has given us a wife, or God has given us a son, or God has given us a daughter, or God has given us a mother, or a father, or a family member. And we overlook the, the greatest blessings in all of life. The greatest blessings in life are family. The greatest blessings in life are friends. Can I get a witness today? Amen. You see, husbands, I want you to look at it like this. You are married to God's daughter, and you better treat her right because she is God's daughter. Ladies, I want you to recognize that you are valuable. 
All right, ladies, you're valuable. You are a treasure. You are a gift of God. And you are not a doormat. You are not a one-night stand. You are not damaged goods. You are priceless. You are valuable. You are a treasure. And you don't waste your time on some low good, no down, low down bum who has no intention of loving you, of caring for you, of protecting you, of providing for you. Don't even, don't even give them any time. Don't, yeah, that's good. Give, give God a hand. That's good. All right. One big problem we got in this church is we're way too quiet, okay? Don't waste your time on a guy that has no, 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 no uh, intent on respecting you. Don't waste your time on a guy that has no intentions of marrying you. Wow, this is good. Because you are married, or, or we, 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 our wives are God's daughters. Our wives are a treasure. Our wives are, are a priceless treasure, the daughters of God today. And so God advises husbands to have the same view, to honor our wives, to honor the ladies in our life, to respect the women that God has put into our lives. And gentlemen, we just need to grow up and become the husband, the man, the father that God has created us to be. Now, there's all kinds of people say, well, marriage is a partnership. And yeah, there's all kinds of partnerships. There's limited partnerships. There's silent partnerships. There's absentee partnerships. But God wants husbands and wives to be fully participating partners. God wants us to come together in everything. God wants us to come together. And God intends for men and women to not simply live together, but God intends for men and women to come together. And if we're going to live together as husband and wife, then let's be husband and wife. You say, well, that's, that preaching's not very popular in the church today. That's the whole problem with America, all right? We get further and further away from marriage. We get further and further away from the things of God. We get further and further away from the Word of God. And God impressed this upon me this morning when I was sitting down reading my Bible, okay, which I try to do every single morning, the first thing I do when I get up out of bed. I, I grab my Bible and I... I, I get a cup of coffee, and I sit down, and I read it. And let me encourage you to get the Bible out and begin to read it, okay? Don't wait for me to analyze everything about the Bible for you, okay? Don't wait for me to preach on some topic, but rather get the Word of God out and figure out what it says and figure out exactly what you believe in and let the Holy Spirit begin to deal with you about what is going on in your life. Because, you see, we could, we could go to a church and they don't preach the entire Bible. And there's a lot of times we do that. We, well, I'm just going go to I'm gonna go to a place where they're going to preach what I want to hear. But the Bible says that anyone that adds to or subtracts the word of, from the Word of God will be cursed. So I'm putting it on you. You read the Bible. You read the Word of God. And to read every single word of it. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And right now, you might be sitting here this morning. You might be a single man. You might be a single lady. You might be a single parent. My encouragement is to you is to, to, 
this, to be the best individual, the best person you possibly can. If you're a single man or woman, be the best you possibly can at being that single adult. Being com committed and devoted to God. If you're a single parent and you're not married, then invest in your children. Invest every day in their, uh, of their life. Forget about trying to get hooked up. But give them your undivided attention. Invest in them every single day if you're single. Okay? If you're married and you've got children, do the same. Give and invest in them. Invest in your, in your partner. If you're married, don't seek to be loose. Someone said, man, I, if I could just start all over again. If we could just start all over again. Listen, you're at this point right now. And so begin to move forward. Get rid of the apathy, the bitterness, the boredom, the distraction. Get rid of those things because they are going to destroy your marriage. And you ever notice this, that it takes a, a long time. We've got several babies that are in the church and, and more babies that are coming, all right? Lots of babies coming to the church, and we're excited about that. But, but it takes a long time for a baby to learn to walk. But that baby, when it, first of all, begins to, to scoot around and crawl around and then stand up, and then it, that, that little guy, that little girl, tries to take a walk, take, try, tries to take a step, and then falls down. And gets back up. It takes a long time for a baby to learn to walk. But I've noticed this about babies, that they keep getting up and trying again and again. And eventually, that child learns to walk. You say, well, we're having problems in our marriage. We're having difficulties. We're having, we're having, we're having battle royales going on. Listen, we got to learn to walk. We got to learn to get up. It's, this ain't time to quit. This is not a time to give up, but we've got to get up and rise up and learn to love and learn to live together and learn to walk and, and, and be committed to one another and committed to marriage and committed to our, the responsibilities that we have, whether we're single or whether we're married, committed to what God has put into our hands. And in marriage, there's going to be struggles and difficulties. And it's going to take a lot of effort to live together in agreement. And in spite of what modern psychology said, men and women do not think alike. In spite of what modern psychology says, men and women are not alike. Have you noticed that? That doesn't take a rocket science for me to tell that a woman is not the same as a man. But men and women don't think alike. I heard about a lady, and uh, she was in Europe. She was a married lady. She was in Europe. And she had gone to visit her extended family, and she got ready to come back home. But this lady went to visit extended family members and uh, went over there and, and, and was, was, had a great time with them. She got ready to come home, and right before she got ready to get on the airplane, she called her husband. She said, honey, she said, I'm getting ready to get on the flight in Rome. And uh, she said, I want, I want to ask you one question. I've been wondering, how's my cat doing? And the husband said, well, honey, your cat's dead. She said, my cat's dead? She said, you've just totally ruined my flight. You've ruined my day. Why in the world did you tell me my cat was dead? Honey, you asked me how the cat was. And I was just, I wanted to tell you. She said, well, you've ruined my day. She said, what you should have said was, you should have said, hey, the, the cat, when I said, how's the cat? You should have said, the cat's on the roof. 
And then whenever I called you from Paris, you could have said, I, I would have said, how's the cat? Did you find the cat? Well, the cat seems a little bit sluggish. He came down, he's a little bit sluggish. And then when I got to London, you could have said, you know, that cat's a little bit sick. And then when I got to New York, you could have said, you know, the cat, I had to take it to the vet. And then when I got back home and I said, where's the cat? Then you could have told me the cat's dead. He said, listen, babe, I'll try to do better next time. I'll try to, you know, men and women think differently. I'll try to do better next time. The wife said, by the way, how's my mom doing? Long silence. He said, well, she's up on the roof. Men and women do not think alike. Men and women do not talk alike. Men and women do not process alike. Men and women do not work alike. All right, my wife is a famous list maker. And she has often suggested to me, Bob, you need to get you a list. No, I said all a list is going to do is mess me up. Because <laughs> I can think about, I, I can get one thing on my list and I got to, that's it. I got to, you know. You know, guys, are men and women, we think, we process, we act, we move differently. We've got different views. We've got different perspectives. And we, we operate in a different way. But a happy marriage will take time because we come from different backgrounds. And we come from different kinds of parenting styles. We come from different kind of homes. And what happens is we often learn to do marriage from watching our parents and often our parents made mistakes, and so what we do is we repeat the same mistake that our parents made. And then over and over again, uh, and, and we fall in the same pits and the same traps. But, but, this, but this morning, let me encourage you, you do not have to repeat the, the mistakes of your parents. You don't have to do the, 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 the same things that they did. But rather, we, we need to rise up. I realize we have different perspectives. I realize we have different expectations. But I want you to know this morning, from someone that's been married a long time, you can look at Brandon and tell how long that I've been married for a long time. Uh, and <laughs> you can laugh. It's, it's good. You know, Someone said, you know, listen, someone said, you know, you're getting old when your kids start looking middle-aged. <laughs> I heard that when I was 20 years old, okay, and I've been thinking about that ever since. Thank God my kids don't look middle-aged, okay? <laughs> they still, <laughs> Lauren still, still looks like she did when she was 16, got her driver's license picture, okay? My kids are not looking middle-aged, but, but you, can, you, you know I've been married for a couple years, okay? But marriage is never easy. Fireworks don't go off 24-7. Every day of marriage is not like a magical visit to Disneyland, unless you like the Haunted Mansion, okay? <laughs> it, it is kind of like a roller coaster. There's ups and downs, there's highs and lows, but God gave marriage to, 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 to a man and a woman. And we got to make up our mind that we are going to be committed for a lifetime. we we got to make up our mind that we're going to invest in marriage. We've got to make up our mind that we are going to walk in agreement. We are going to live in agreement. Now I'm going to close. And, and Jesse, you can come. Musicians, you can come today. I'll close with this story. There was a, 
a pastor, and he lived in Texas. And he went to see a husband and wife, and they lived out in uh, they lived out in West Texas. They lived out in the wilderness out there. And so he went. Uh, he lived in a small community that was close to them. And he got in his car one one day, and he decided to go out there and visit a couple of his parishioners. So he went out to their house. He was a new pastor in town. And he went out to their house, and as he was driving out there, he began to notice that surrounding their house, surrounding all the property, everywhere that he went, there was oil wells everywhere that was drilled. And he began to notice all the oil wells. And he, he began to wonder to, in, his, in his own heart and mind, he thought, are these people rich? Do they have an oil well? So he got closer to their house and closer, noticing all of the oil wells. He finally got to their house and went to the door and knocked on. They invited him to come in. He sat down. They had a cup of coffee. They visited. They talked for a while. And then he said, I got a question for you. He said, I, I noticed a lot of oil wells around here. He said, you guys, do you have an oil well? He said, seems like every one of your neighbors has got an oil well. And, and what's the deal with the oil wells? And they said, well, a few years back, they said an, the oil company, a, a representative from the oil company came out here and began to tell us that they thought that there was oil in the area. And they asked us, they asked all the property owners, will you give us permission to drill or, or to test your soil to see if there's possibly oil on, their, on your land? And if we find that your soil tests out and there's a high probability of being oil, we will buy your property. You will become very rich, very wealthy. And so... All the landowners gave permission for the oil company to come and test their soil. And they went out there and, and they tested this, this neighbor's land and they found oil. And they tested this neighbor's and they found oil. They tested this one and that one. Everywhere, everywhere they went, they found oil everywhere. He said, but something happened to us. He said, when they came to our land, he said, when they came here, he said, they tested our soil, and we had high hopes. Our, our neighbors had sold out. Our neighbors had become instant millionaires. Our, our neighbors had sold their property. They'd moved to the big city. They had put their children in the finest schools. And we, too, thought that we would be rich. But something happened to us. They said, because when the oil company tested our soil, they found that there was no oil on our property. He said, now, we're Christian people. But he said, we kind of feel a little bit like God abandoned us because why in the world, if all of our neighbors had oil, if all of our neighbors became wealthy, why in the world would God withhold that from us? And they said, we obviously were disappointed they did not find oil. And that's the reason we're still here. We haven't moved on. And so the pastor began to tell him, he said, listen, folks, he said, God has a plan for all of our lives and in spite of the fact that you're not rich, in spite of the fact the oil company didn't buy your land, God had a plan for you. God had a plan for your life. He tried to encourage them. He tried to lift them up, but they still seemed discouraged. So he went back. He went back into town. Some time passed. He actually moved on to another city, became the pastor several years later of another church. But after had... Some time passed, he went back to that particular area, and while he was in town, he ran into that fella that had owned that piece of property, and he was smiling from ear to ear. He went to him, and he said, it looks like 
you've had some great things happen in your life. And he said, yeah, man. He said, wonderful things. He said, God has blessed us abundantly. God has been so good to us. He said, we feel like we're, we are rich beyond our wildest imagination. And he said, did they find oil in your property? He said, no. He said, they never found any oil. But he said, here's what happened. He said, all of our friends moved to the city. He said, they put their children in the finest schools. They become millionaires instantly overnight. But we noticed this, that after our friends became very wealthy, that they began to have problems, and they began to have difficulty. We started to check up on our friends. We found out that most of them got divorced. We found out that most of them, their children began to rebel. We found out that we don't think there's one of them that's even serving God today. We don't think there's one of them that's even one of those families that's together and living for God or even going to church. And they said, we know that it was God's will that oil was not found on our property because God saved the very best for us, and for that we're grateful. So many times we're looking for the, the next best thing. We've been disappointed in our life. Maybe we had someone that walked out upon us, someone that we loved, someone that we trusted. Maybe we came home from work one day and our husband or wife looked us in the eye and said, I don't love you anymore. I want a divorce. And they walked out that door. There are those of you that experience things like that. But God, in spite of it all, in spite of everything that we've been through, that God is with us that God has surrounded us by bless, with blessings, that God has surrounded us with a family that loves us. You say, well, I don't have one family member that I feel loves me. Listen, there are friends that love you. There are people that, are, that, that care about you today that are, that are close by, that want to share with you today. Many times we overlook the blessings of God and we begin to think it's about monetary things. We begin to think it's about earthly possessions. But God has blessed us today. And so no matter where you're at in your life this morning, maybe you're a single parent, I encourage you today. Be the best mother. Be the best father that you possibly can be. Love your child. Love God with all of your heart. If you're married, if you're a husband, if you're a wife, Love your husband or wife with all your heart, no matter where you're at. Maybe you're, you're just a single person today, unmarried, never been married, never had a child before. Thank God for the blessings that He has placed in your life today because God has been with us today. The Scripture tells us that the steps of righteous men and women are ordered by the Lord. And God's hand is is good upon each and every one of us, no matter where we're at. Darla, no matter where we're at in life, God's hand is good upon us today. And let's thank Him for it. And let's praise Him for it every single day. God bless you today. Would you stand with us? Stand with me today. And let's just praise the Lord today. God, we just thank you, Lord, for all of your blessings. We thank you, God, for all of your benefits Help us, God, to recognize our worth, to recognize our value. God, that we are priceless. Whether we're a man or a woman, God, that we are valuable to you, God. That you treasure us today. 
And there are those, God, maybe they've been beaten down. Maybe they've been broken down. Maybe they've been discouraged. But, God, lift them up, God, and help them. And bless them, I pray, God, to know, Lord, that they are your child. They're your son. They're your daughter. I pray, God, that you'll bless our homes and bless our households. God, whether they're headed by husband and wife, whether they're headed by a single father or headed by a single mother, God, bless them, God. And help us, I pray, God, to raise our children in the right way. Help us, God, not to be weary in well-doing, God. But every day we're going to rise up. And we're going to let you have the preeminence in our life, dear God. We're going to bring our family to church. We're going to bring ourselves to your house, dear God. We're going to be the best parent we can be. We're going to be the best husband or wife that we possibly can be, or brother or sister or friend or neighbor, God. We're going to bless other people. We thank you, God, for the relationships in our life because that is where the treasure lies in our relationships. And I pray, God, that we'll learn to check up on one another. I pray, God, we'll learn to look to look past ourselves and begin to look to the needs of others. We'll begin to look to the heart and the hurts of other people and bless them and help them and encourage them. God, this isn't time to tear anyone down, God, but that we just lift one another up. And we thank you for these things in Christ's name. Right now, I want you to go to someone. And I want you to find someone in this, in this place today, and I want you to go pray for someone today. I want everyone to do it. Everyone here today, I want you to find. If you're standing all by yourself, go somewhere else and find someone and pray for them today. You can ask them. You can say, listen, is there something specifically that you want me to pray about? Is there a need that you want me to pray about today? And I want you to pray one for another. Come on, let's pray one for another today. Come on, find someone today. There's someone that's that there's someone that's here. Maybe there's a, maybe there's a guest that's that's here. Maybe there's a visitor that's here. Someone go to them and pray for them today. Because only God knows what we're going through and we need to pray for one another. We need to encourage one another. If you're standing with your husband or wife, pray for your husband or wife today. Pray one for another today.